All right, well, hi. Hey. Um, welcome to Good Vibes Cafe, where the tea is hot. We don't have any cookers or fresh. We have charcuterie. <laughs> <laughs> and you never know what I'm going to say. I don't know what I'm going to say. Um, this episode is called Are Humans Okay? This is my podcast by myself, but this is my emotional support human. And I probably will <laughs> always have one. Because how do you talk to yourself? Mm-mm. Have you seen a podcast with one person? No. Okay. It's too much fun with that. Um, so it is Mental Health Awareness Month. Mm-hmm. And I think that throughout the years, I've like shared bits and pieces of stories after I've had time to think about it and mm-hmm. process and come back. Um, something my parents were freaked out about because I've been public about stuff is like when I was going through my relationship stuff in the beginning, they were like, please don't share online what you're going through. And I'm like, guys, it's never in present tense. It's <laughs> always in past tense. Yeah. Um, so I try to navigate things. Like one of the things about life that confused me is that 67 things happen and then the 68th, things happen, <laughs> 68th thing happens and then we don't have time to process the things that happened before that. Mm-hmm. So this whole time since 2015, it's been recovering and healing and discovering but also like living life in between yeah and yeah you don't have the luxury to stop by the time you catch up on stuff you're (laughs) like oh it's 2023 and then i mean do you ever find like there's times where you're going back and you're thinking in about stuff and you recover details you forgot about the whole time all the time Um, so you are an intricate part of the first when i first got help yeah um we're just gonna start from the I've never beginning? told yeah, I've never <laughs> told any of my story. But before yeah. we're gonna we're gonna be munching on this charcuterie. Um mm-hmm. I wonder if I can do this. I'm gonna test my skills. Um this is by Charcuterie Works. She's in Mansfield, oh, Texas, and I'm gonna put her tag down there. But I told her to just hook yeah. us up and give us something really cute. She does mm. these huge trays that I see for like yeah. staff and it's called a grazing board. I love it. Girls love to graze. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna be munching on that because life is tragic and I gotta shove my my mouth with something. <laughs> it's tragic, but... <laughs> yes. But resilience is like the main key thing of the story is that coming from diagnosis that would normally cripple someone and that would put them right on disability where they would have to like have to count on something to come in. You've pulled yourself up, not only yourself, but your whole entire family. You took your five kids and you said, All right, we can do do better we're gonna live our life the way that we need to live it so at the end of the day it's really a story about being resilient and strong and rolling with the punches and taking things that you didn't ask for but i here you are i'm sorry mom i didn't ask to be here (laughs) we did not ask to be here but so i've never told publicly shared i don't know if i've even said it online like where my issues stemmed from yeah um i remember before i started getting help before i even kind of understood what mental health was mm-hmm. i would talk to people and we'd talk about our, our childhoods like i yeah. mean before you establish that you're an adult i don't think you know that you are no so no. you're just like talking to your friends and you're like talking about stuff in the past and i remember the first time when i was in college is before i had even spoken up about it i was talking to my friend and i was like yeah well you know, I was molested when I was younger, and she was like, like, and I just kind of moved past it, and she yeah. was like, what? Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, but I'm over it. And she yeah. was like, you are? And I was like, e- I yeah, guess. I think so. <laughs> it's but, not um, happening anymore. 
um so yeah I did experience like sexual abuse from mm -hmm. the time I was nine until I was like roughly around 13 um from a close friend close family member mm -hmm. a trusted family member uh, my parents had no idea about it my parents did talk to me actually about um you know knowing who should touch where and when and why but yeah they had that talk with me when i was 12. yeah and my abuse started when i was nine well and it's not stranger danger that's usually the thing that we were always approached with especially in the 90s it was always stranger danger but statistically it's always chances are it's someone you know and you don't ever want to think that somebody you're bringing around your kids is ever going to harm them no. so by the time she brought it up, I'm like looking at her in the face and then she says, has anybody ever done anything to you? And I'm like, no, of course not. Because at that point I was confused. And it had been normalized for you. It right. Been, That's the thing. It, when yeah. you're a kid, you don't know anything. So when an adult's like keeping a secret, you're like, okay. Because if your parents didn't explicitly tell you the things that we are telling our kids now, then they don't it's know. normal. We're supposed to respect adults. And that's the scariest and part about being a parent is yeah. knowing that your kids are learning from you and you're trying not to leave out any information and try to tell them every single thing but but also protect them at the same time yeah, and you just can't so um yeah one of the things that i try to that i talk to talk to my therapist about and another therapist when i was starting emdr and i told her you know i didn't feel manipulated because i feel like as a child like we were just saying you don't kids don't know mm -mm. so we're gonna pause for the water that's fine. Okay. I can cut it. Um, kids don't know that they don't know enough yet. Mm -hmm. So if I'm nine and I don't know anything about the human anatomy, about sex, about anything, and you ask me if I want to do something, I'm going to say yes. Right. Unless it sounds kid. dangerous and it didn't. Right. So I feel um, like a lot of times, well, I don't know the statistic. I know there are times in sexual abuse where abusers will threaten mm -hmm. and say, you know, I'll hurt your mom if you yeah. tell anybody. Mine never did. Yeah. It was just... I'm a child and I'm doing these things that I have no idea that I shouldn't be doing mm -hmm. until I finally figured out. And I was like, oh, crap. Now I've lied to my mom. Yeah. You know? so now it, you're there was really, really in trouble. A lot of conflicting emotions. So what I started doing from the time I started experiencing abuse and then I try to stop now that you see every day is I disassociated. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things that I don't remember that great but there are a lot of memories that are very vivid mm -hmm. and for a very long time it's like I would remember it and I'd be like it eh, didn't happen yeah. move on but I started doing that religiously throughout my life something would happen something I mean I talked to my therapist one time and she said she's like you you minimize the hell out of everything and I was like I minimize my abuse she's like yes yeah and I'm like well I mean I feel like when you address something and you talk about it it's like you're acknowledging it yeah and my defense mechanism to make it not hurt as much was minimizing it yeah yeah I was abused but I'm fine right like yeah I hurt but I'm good now yeah yeah he did that but I forgave him sure but deep down I hadn't addressed anything right it's like I just kept building up building up building up these layers so fast forward from the time I had sexual abuse while I was nine and experiencing everything I did until 2015 mm -hmm. I was um it was what April mm -hmm. right before my birthday 2015 um, my ex had just had an affair February of 2015 and I swept that shit under the rug I didn't even know about it nobody knew mm -mm. I told no one about yeah. anything mm -hmm. so he had an affair 
but before I found out, I had booked a trip to Vegas. Mm -hmm. And so I remember that found out about it. We got a flight booked. Like, mm -hmm. what do we do? Mm -hmm. We'll figure it out. We'll go to Vegas. So that week is by the time we got to Vegas, like two days after I found out, we came back. I slept on the road. Yeah. So, and I was pregnant. Yeah. With Joella. I was like, yeah, talk about fifth kid. <laughs> okay. So, fifth kid um, it's April 3rd. It's his 30th birthday. I hate celebrating already. So I was kind of not anticipating the day, just the social anxiety, having friends together, having a big dinner. Remember that dinner? Mm -hmm. We had a party at my dad's and, um, that morning, um, before that birthday. So there could be a hundred episodes, right? Mm -hmm. But like we had, I was married into an unfair situation. Mm -hmm. I was never accepted into my ex's family. So right. um, I still wanted to make his 30th birthday special. They had never, they hadn't, none of them came to our wedding. Right. At our wedding, the representatives from his side of the family were his mom, his brother, and his dad's parents um, and his uncle, mm -hmm. his wife, but his dad's side of the family. Yeah. None of his mom's side of the family, besides his brother and his mom, came to our wedding. And then we were estranged from that time on. So by the time his 30th birthday came, I um, I had everybody that we loved, you know, had them send 30 seconds or less. Yeah. A clip of telling him happy birthday, all of this stuff. Well, the few cousins that we did communicate with from his family were our age. So I reached out to them and I had them reach out to their mom. Mm -hmm. which was only one of the aunts. Now, I didn't reach out to his, any of his grandparents, his dad's or mom's side, because they were old. And mm -hmm. I was like, I didn't want to tell them, take your phone out, make a video, yeah. send it. Like, I just didn't feel like going through that. That's why I reached out to the young people. And I had no communication with any of them. They had not bothered to talk to us mm -hmm. the whole time. So he, um, I gave him the video on his birthday. He was super ecstatic. He made a post about it yeah. and said, like, thank you to everybody that loves me. I think he, like, tagged everybody that was in the video. Yeah. Um, one of his family members pissed her off that she was not involved, even though she had never been, been involved, involved in the general. last yeah. 10 years. But never so. mind that. <laughs> she um, started blowing his phone up, yeah. calling and texting. And he worked nights. And so I... Um, intercepted them because he was asleep and it was his 30th birthday and i answered the phone i'm like do you need something i opened the text from her she said your wife is ruining our family and i'm like wow cool, cool. <laughs> i don't even know you yeah i live in texas yeah you're not part of our so i called her i said am i missing something yeah because she hung up because mm -hmm. it was me she answered she said hello hi it's me. Am I missing something? Yeah, is there something up? you're leaving out here? So I called her back. And she's just yelling and screaming and yelling and screaming. And I'm like, my thing, I was like, hey, why are you so mad? You don't even know me. What have I done to you to make you so mad? Even at that time when I wasn't as evolved as I am now, I still knew like, hey, I haven't done anything to you. Yeah. Like I'm really trying to get to the bottom of this because at this point, I'm really confused Yeah, because for me to get, I just had this talk with my partner today. Like when we get emotional, like, and mad, it's because we're passionate. Yeah. Right. So when I get mad and intense like that, it's because I'm passionate. 
oh, why do you feel like that so much. somebody you don't know? Yeah. So I knew that it wasn't me. Yeah. Remember? It's the always call is somebody, from within. Yeah, that call from, from inside. inside the house. It's always so, the projection from the person. We hung up the call with her saying something about me not being a good Christian and tearing up their family. And Whatever like, ways what? they can try if to it, I, said, I said before I hung up, if it takes a birthday video to tear up your family, I don't think the damage started with me. <laughs> and I hung up. Mic drop. <laughs> so... Mm. I had That's just one of the small family issues you've got you you have had over the years for no reason. I had to repress all those emotions all day long. Yeah. And I remember that night you pulled me aside mm-hmm. and you were like, you and Melissa. Mm-hmm. You were like, hey, you're mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Because y'all thought it was social anxiety. Sure. Cause you you know. And I was like, mm, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. And I still didn't tell y'all anything. No. Um the next day I woke up, I could not stop crying. Yeah. I had not cried probably since I was nine. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like that whole situation just was made the me damn confused broke. about every emotion yeah. since I was nine. And so when I couldn't stop crying, I was like, I need help. I don't know what's wrong with me. I know something's not right. Yeah. Um, I had been probably depressed since that happened but I wasn't aware of it I knew what depression was I knew what anxiety was I knew I battled with both of them on some level but I had never officially gotten help the only help that I had gotten was from a general doctor who said I had generalized depression and gave me like you know a regular antidepressant but that's as deep as I had gone so and you're four kids deep at this point pregnant with the four and a so half so yeah you can see how you've been busy and not prioritizing yourself because they were was... yeah i mean and you know like immediately after you have a baby you get what an instant dose of serotonin so it's like in since we have been friends forever and we raised our kids together you know like what were our stay-at-home mom days full of mm-hmm charcuteries before yeah. charcuterie yes pancakes pajamas swim dates mm-hmm. pool parties just living our for the kids. lives were mm-hmm. full of very happy things like mm-hmm. we were obligated to our kids but we made it a happy obligation yeah you know we went to the park you know we didn't have a ton of money but we knew and remember i even we had our mcallister's days <laughs> mcallister's kids eat for a dollar mm-hmm. and i told you at one point you had called or text and you were like hey are you um home can we come to the pool and i said how about this you can always come to the pool mm-hmm. just if I'm asleep don't wake me up mm-hmm. you remember that mm-hmm. so it's like we had this whole happy system established even if we were having bad days worst case scenario we're laying at we're laying by the pool crying about whatever, whatever. you know yeah. what I mean so we knew how to find happiness in between the things that we were going through because mm-hmm. you were going through hardship too mm-hmm. with your uh, co-parenting situation so mm-hmm. I was able to like push all of this off and yeah. fill my days up with goodness and kids and and I just talked to Tegan the other day and she was like <laughs> she was like you know what some people are just made to be moms mm-hmm. and she's like you could have five more kids and I wouldn't know that that's what you want to do because you're good at it you love it and yeah. it is so I had great distractions yeah and I just couldn't distract myself anymore no so um only thing I knew to do was to call around and get help from the psych ward now mm-hmm. I tried to get admitted to several different places and right when they asked the questionnaire if you already feel like a threat to yourself you're coming we're not letting yeah. you go and that's you know? a big box to check it's a big I commitment had to. and mm-hmm. that's what i felt like that's when i said i've never felt like this but i don't feel like i'm safe to myself i just i don't 
on that. Yeah. I can't see a light. Like it's like all it was just darkness. So I ended up, you know, finally getting committed somewhere. Um, I had to be transported by ambulance mm-hmm. because once you admit that you're a threat to yourself, they can't let you go from the facility if they're not um, keeping you as a patient because now they're liable because right. they knew that you were going to hurt yourself. If you leave and do it, it's on them. Right. So I had to get an ambulance transport. And, um, man, we have to have an episode called Our Psych Wards, okay? Mm-hmm. Because, no, they are not. Um, not even close. So, well, and especially not for black women, because you already aren't listened to when it comes to your medical care in general, but then that's another layer on top of that. And know? at that point I was still heavy, deep and not even realizing how bad America was. Oh God. Yeah. Because especially you were, we were in our little woman. cocoon. We were in our cocoon. Yeah. So I actually did not have a terrible experience my first day because yeah. I was there to figure stuff out. Right. And I I found out, people ask me a lot, you know, uh, I just had this question today. Somebody said, how did you get diagnosed with bipolar? How do you know you're bipolar? Yeah. I didn't go in there telling them I was bipolar. Right. I went no, you never said that before anybody gave you a diagnosis. All the things I felt. I feel this, I feel that. Yes. This is what I'm going through. This is what I've been through. This is what I've experienced. And they started giving me meds based on my symptoms. Right. Two things I had to learn about mental health is that there's a psychiatrist Mm -hmm. and then there's a psychologist Mm -hmm. one of them is your doctor for your drugs one of them is your talk therapist for your brain exactly so your your doctor diagnoses your symptoms and gives you the drugs to go Mm -hmm. with it well he just gave me antidepressants i called my aunt and she was like whoa what are you on yeah and i was like i don't know why and she's like you're way too hyper she's like i need to talk to a nurse so I found the nurse, I told her, and then the nurse talked to the doctor, and the doctor said, yeah, you're manic, so you were probably bipolar. So then they gave me, told me that. they gave me a, so I had an upper, and then they gave me a downer. And then I was like, yes. <laughs> and then they said, okay, you're definitely bipolar. So like, I like to do this. It's like, a, we all have this baseline, right? Mm-hmm. We're all, there's no normal. Right. We all got to get rid we of We have our normal. own baselines. Like, I love when people say, they're so weird. And I'm like, yeah, everybody's weird. I'm yeah. like, you're weird, they're weird. We all have our own weird things, right? That's We're like all... saying something's beautiful. Right. It's so perception. there is no normal, but there is where we all yeah. where operate, we function our best at. There's the days when you're not feeling, you're just, I just need to get myself back to that place, right? Mm-hmm. So we had to establish that with me being bipolar. So if I'm wanting to be here and the meds took me here and then they brought me here, so antidepressant makes me here, uh, then the anti-anxiety pulls me down, but then the mood stabilizer is like, whoop. Mm-hmm. So like if I don't have all three, yeah, something is kind of crazy. Yeah. It took me years to find out, find out the best balance. I was on Latuda for years and years and years until I couldn't tolerate it with my stomach anymore because I needed to take it with food. Yeah. But that's one of the tricky things about meds that people ask me as well is, um, you know, I don't, how do I know which med is the right one? You don't, you don't until, you try, until it. you try it. Yeah. That's always a problem I have with my friends that are, you know, diagnosed with bipolar disorder or some other type of disorder that is harder to pin down because you do have to have the right cocktail mix and it can change based on your body. So like it could work for you now, but in five years when the hormones change and you're going through your premenopause or whatever, 
it could change again. It could change. Remember we had that running joke because of Latuda said I couldn't have grapefruit? Yes. And we're like, you know, it could change with fruit. It, it, it could change it, yeah, with, exactly. With anything. So well, that's just about the struggle. Scotch. You know, think about yes. like the scotch, how you, how you stretch it out with water, how it changes mm -hmm. the taste. Mm -hmm. It's the same. So yeah, I finally found out found meds that kind of worked are you out of the camera you no i'm in okay <laughs> um i finally found meds that kind of stabilized me um before i got out and mm -hmm. i think i was there eight days um and i remember thinking it was hospital jail yeah i That's remember what I kept calling it because it's a psych ward yeah it's but think about the time that i had spent by myself i had none i spent mm -hmm. no time by myself so it was kind of peaceful and for the first time i was able to have materials and therapy group therapy figure out what you know try to figure out what was going on we were able to talk to any counselors at any point so i'm saying i probably had a very good first psych ward experience yeah thank god for that because i probably wouldn't that. have come back no um so and that's know, not everyone's experience so right. i'm glad that it's I'm grateful you had that um the group therapy was something that i had always seen on tv that i thought would be so cheesy but i enjoyed it the most that's what everyone usually says and the one thing about group therapy that gave me perspective was mm -hmm. like i mean no doubt you can't minimize anybody's struggles but at the time when i compared my struggles to some people that had no hope we had this exercise yeah. and the exercise was get a piece of paper write on a list all the things you have to look forward to right so i'm like heck yeah get my paper i'm like writing 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 mm -hmm. and I'm like, nobody is writing and i was like oh okay i'm done you know and people start you know go around the room hey you uh what's your thing oh uh my dog uh you know or like it was just like the most random thing some people nothing i don't have anything to look forward to yeah and it was like, okay, we move on to the next person. Well, me not having experience in a psych ward or experiencing anything in mental health, I'm like, this is sad. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, oh crap, you're in a psych ward. Yeah. Like, people are their last sad. So that was the first time I could like correlate my sadness on a scale. Like, what level of sad are you? Where in your sadness are you? Yeah. You're not hopeless. You have hope. You have things to look forward to. I had some, we were doing our food truck. Um, I was having a girl. I knew it at that point. Mm -hmm. For me, like there was a lot of things that I had to look forward to. But when I looked around and saw that a lot of these people were hopeless, I was like, wow, it just gave me a lot of perspective. And coming out is like an adjustment period. Because mm -hmm. while you're there, you have to remember it's 2015. You can get on Instagram now and probably open your phone and something with mental health pops up. Mm -hmm. In 2015, yeah it was still we knew about mental health but still nobody was really talking about it yeah i mean yeah. truly nobody was talking about it, it was still kind of like you heard such and such went to the they called it the nut house yes you know? like or you're had... bipolar instead of i'm living with bipolar disorder instead of being your you know living with your diagnosis you were labeled that you and, know? and, and we so still, then everyone you know, had this have idea. OCD. It was like, we still did stuff like yes. that. And then now it's like, oh, I would never. But we would never like, say that, yeah. Back then, it was still seems like back then, but it was only like, what, eight, eight years, years ago. That's it. But nobody was talking about it. So I was still in my head thinking, like, I didn't even know that there would be a transition coming out. First of all, you don't have your phone. Yeah. All you have is pretty much like a TV. And so I remember just getting out and getting back to my phone. I was like, wow, this is a lot of noise because 
there's no noise while you're there. You're not distracted. And just even adjusting to like 75 text messages and then trying to explain to people, hey, we've been checking on you. Where you been? Where have I been? Do I want to yeah, tell them where I I've been? Yeah, I can't tell everybody. You know, I don't even know how to tell everybody. So that's where you came in. Mm -hmm. I remember when I got out, it was like two days before my birthday or something. Yeah. You had been in New Orleans uh -huh. with your mom and your sister. And I mean, my family was there when I got out. My mom, my uncle, my aunt, mm -hmm. my grandparents, I think my siblings, they were at my house and it was kind of like, we have a baby and you yeah. come home and your family is there to like take care of you. Mm -hmm. But nobody knew what to say. It was like, yeah, crickets, yeah. you know, like hey, how are you? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I'm good, I think. When you're hurt, people can, like, give you ice for your knee. Right. When you're like recovering something. from something, you know, they can do something for you. But when it's, like, literally in your head, yeah. people don't know what to do or say. And it's mainly a respect thing at that point because nobody knew what to say back then. Yeah. Now you can Google 10 things to say to somebody who just got off the court. Like, you know, it's not hard. But back then, it's like we want to be respectful. We really don't know what's going on. Because I hadn't even told anybody. They're mm -hmm. just thinking that I had this accumulation of my life and I just stuff. have a diagnosis, you know. Most people at that point had not even known about my sexual abuse. Yeah. So I was just like, all right, I felt like I was on an island because mm -hmm. I like, really couldn't talk to anybody because um, there was so much I was starting to process Yeah, as well. you hadn't even just processed everything that you were dealing with. And not just the experience, but then my whole life. Just everything. Oh, I have bipolar because of this. I have PTSD yeah. because of this. I have... Well, when you start peeling back the layers, you're looking for explanations to why. Everywhere. And you can always pinpoint parts of your life, especially if, if you really are digging deep into that self-awareness space, whatever triggers that or anything to find out a trigger so that you don't have that because it's like sometimes those memories flood out and the ones that you've been repressing which i'm notorious for doing the hard stuff you kind of just shut out when you're getting by every day did i even know what a trigger was no we didn't and now we talk about them daily because we're when like oh that word? identification that's a trigger now we know but when did I even learn what a trigger was? Was it two years ago? I don't know. Yeah, I was like, it wasn't, no, because I've just now started to realize, like, what triggers are after dealing with traumas. It's like, okay, that's a trigger because that was, I'm responding now to something I didn't expect. I couldn't protect myself against, and now I have to find a way to cope. So going to the psych ward getting help was my first step in identifying mm -hmm. what my triggers were, but I no. did not have a word for it at that time. No. But my mind is and just. that makes it harder going around and around like mm -hmm. there's so much I'm catching up on but also it's like I'm having a baby there's people here it's my birthday I have four kids too like it was very <laughs> very very confusing so right after my family Ouch. left I was literally home alone like my kids were asleep I wasn't alone I was never alone my kids were there right but <laughs> it was nighttime and you text me and you were like hey what's up and I, I don't remember what I said and um you said something like basically like i'm going to come over we don't have to talk mm -hmm. and i was like great because oh, i'm done i'm done i didn't know what to say mm -hmm. so you came over and you brought macaroons mm -hmm. and we literally like just like stood at my bar and you were just like explaining your trip mm -hmm. you were explaining the flavors of the macaroons um we ate them and 
I, we probably sat and looked at each other and then mm -hmm. you went home. Mm -hmm. But I remember you were the first person to ever like personify, like, we don't have to talk. Yeah. Like, I, no, like I'm here for you. Yeah. Because Same I think here. a lot of times we like overcomplicate what people need from us. Mm -hmm. And then there's that, you remember there's probably that time in your adult life where you realize that you're coming to somebody to, to vent to them, but you don't necessarily want their advice. You just want them to listen. So there's like these, there's these levels of realization that you have. And it's like being there for someone could just literally mean being there. Yeah. You don't have to talk to me. You don't have to entertain me. We don't have to go do something. You know, you have yeah. a friend where you're, they're like, what's wrong? And you're like, oh, I'm sad. Like, let's go get fucked up. But you're like, I, <laughs> I just, that would make I it worse. Right. <laughs> so, you know, but that was the first time I was like, okay, like this is what I need yeah. when I'm sad. Th these are the people I need around me. The people yeah. that are going to come to me and mm -hmm. no pressure. Because just be normal. At that point, mm -hmm. I felt what, like a melted cheese. Yes. <laughs> like uh -huh. I was just like, I don't know nothing. Yeah. Like, and I'm in charge of more people coming. I'm bringing a person into this world, a yeah. girl into this world. Like, I yeah. was just so confused. So that was like a turning point on me being able to reach out for help because back then it was like when you think about reaching out for help it's like you think that people are going to come over and you're going to have to explain to them everything that's going on and, and you're relive have to, it what do you need from me and mm -hmm. blah 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 well it was just like i'm here yeah we're gonna eat macarons sometimes it's nice what to do have you need choice <laughs> just be <laughs> right oh, so we'll see yeah Good. that's the story of how I got diagnosed. Yeah. And my first psych ward stay, which um, we definitely have to do just a psych ward episode because there's just like mm. no way I can tap into that and not all the other things. Right. Like I can't even talk about nutrition. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? You know that yeah. whole struggle that I had. But um, I guess in sharing kind of some of the details about how everything kind of started, kind of the catalyst of everything. Um, just me ultimately repressing every emotion that I could. Mm -hmm. I mean, any emotion that did not feel good to me, I must have had like a You're dark hole. At it. I must yeah, have had you... a hole where I was just like, boop, yeah. boop, we're gonna stick it in there. Cause no, it don't exist, it's mm -hmm. fine, whatever. I mean. You're good at that, but I mean, for how long? <laughs> and how genuine is that? Part of me by being bipolar, I have to tell my partner all the time, like, it's not that I'm being a bitch or something. Like we could be fighting and if he's gone and I listen to a song, I forgot. Yeah. Because I'm able to just my I'm, brain just hops. But it's also can relate. <laughs> it's also made to do that. Yeah. It's, I'm Our my surviving. PTSD yeah. makes me do that. My yeah. PTSD says, Oh, you were just mad? Well, not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know we're gonna figure out a way to not be mad. Yeah. So it's like this every single day mm -hmm. and we have both recognized this. We have, my therapist told me I do introspect on a nuclear level. Mm -hmm. As much as I am able, as much as I have been able to, I have broken down me and my brain as much as I can, but that doesn't mean that shit's still ain't hard. Yeah, exactly. Every single day. Mm -hmm. I mean, every single day. I have so many good days, mm -hmm. but there's probably not a day where I don't want to quit. Right. Because 
triggers be triggering. Mm -hmm. And if we could control our triggers, how many of us would be cool? You'd be fine all the time. Like, I'd be just fine. If you could be like, oh, no, 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 that doesn't trigger me. I'm good. No, shut that off. Don't let your brain go. It's all in your head. Just stop that. Cool. Yeah. I'll just, hey, brain, uh, can you stop these intrusive thoughts? Like, I'm good. You know, whatever. But that's not. And also, that's not self awareness and bettering yourself. It's just not because how the, it works. I want to like get through my stuff because I don't want to do it again. Do you remember there was a point last year where we both were like, okay, listen, <sighs> the universe wants us to feel. Yeah. We need to stop doing and doing and doing yeah. and helping and helping and doing and running. And we need to stop. And we felt that, like, I know that last year we probably felt more physical pain from our hearts just being than our yeah. bodies. Because uh-huh. it was just like, and then what was crazy was we were, our hearts are being broken on every level, every relationship, every, the election. All of it. Everything. It's it was just it. like when you thought something would stop. It was something else. Mm-hmm. And remember, like, yeah, our our resilience last year, by the time we got to one of our last situations, it was just like, let's just go handle it. Like, <laughs> we didn't care. It's the whole, all right, well. It could be worse. Nobody's hurt. All right. Let's just, whatever. Let's go fix it. We roof over our heads. Okay. Because once, we had to really get down to basic. Once you really break everything down and you figure out what really matters. Mm-hmm. and you figure out how to prioritize the shit that is going to stress you out and what's not and especially after like both of us like you know i say i hate people but i'm still a people pleaser yeah and i'm still a people person that's my career purpose driven so, it's for people <laughs> it's it's so hard to are like, we okay <laughs> not at all <sighs> it's, it's so hard to get out of that that mindset and to just stop and be like all right I got to take care of myself because mm-hmm. taking care of other people has gotten me here mm-hmm. and this is not where I want to be. Well, and I feel like it's rare to find people who are on the same page. Like for you and me, it's effortless to give or, you know, whatever, even if it's the last of something that we have, because it's a trusted thing that we'll always take care of each other because that's been proven. But there's not a lot of that in the world. And that's where I had my downfall last year was assuming that there were more people who did care and who were on my same page who really were not and actually quite the opposite. Um, And it's scary because we are so open and we do care about people to then decide to keep letting people in or keep doing stuff to better people's lives. (laughs) Because it's, it's definitely left big scars you know, so I mean, if you that's think hard, about, you don't find that. So I know for a fact that you and I are some of those genuine givers who like, I am such a believer in karma mm-hmm. that like, when I say I don't want this back mm-hmm. from you, like when I say I give from my heart, like I'm giving not even from me, I'm giving from the universe. Yeah. Right? Like when I'm pulling, yeah. I know what I'm pulling. It's going to get filled right back up. Yes. I, so I have exactly. never given to anyone or anything expecting to get anything in return yeah. except for what's naturally going to come back to me. And that's same. 
that's sometimes not instant. I mean, now in my life, I am literally reaping all of the benefits from making good choices. Yeah, and doing like everything. I am, I've been forced into a position because of other people's choices, mm -hmm. but I am able to, I was able to pull myself out because I still had a solid grounding. I hadn't burned yes. bridges. I hadn't been doing people wrong. Over. Exactly. Like, I had established thing. good, solid had, relationships. Yes. So when shit started to hit the fan. And people did start to come for you. I had people to fall back on. There was major. And I just talked, I just talked to one of my major support systems today. And I told her, I said, the thing is, I have been through hell for the last two years. Mm -hmm. I haven't even read reached up to my mid-level support system mm -mm. like the highest that i've had to go for them is to just call them to vent i haven't had them intervene on anything legally let's not even get them involved on a legal level you know yeah. what i mean so it's like i have established and and continue to build these relationships to where like leaving my relationship and mm -hmm. coming and not knowing anything about my future all i knew was that i had my people yeah and I feel like that's really all you need at the end of the day, because that's I'm looking around it. now, <laughs> like, so here's one thing I want to get out for sure is that I can no longer allow anyone in my life who makes me go against my gut. Yeah. Who oh, influences yes. that in any way. Learned that one last year. Um, but you have to learn what your gut is first. Yes. So this is, or is it irrational or is it gut? And that's the hard part right this there. Exactly. So here's my demonstration. That's the dilemma. Except, especially for you, because we are each other's rationality meters, right? <laughs> yeah. is, this, is this irrational? Yeah. Or like, if it's a, it's a scattered text, look, I'm about to lose it. Like, tell me I shouldn't do this. Yeah. Right. Okay. So listen to what I think your gut is and what your irrationality is. Okay. Okay. Think about literally. Mm -hmm. The angel and the devil yeah okay if you feel something pulling inside you that's trying to keep you safe mm -hmm. happy secure loved mm -hmm. supported that's your gut yeah if something is telling you <laughs> to hurt somebody be afraid to be i mean well fear kind of can see that's that's my dilemma so <laughs> the fear part plays right. into both because it's part of surviving in general it it's is first response so but i would just say fear is one of those gray areas for right sure. <laughs> but if if that voice inside you is telling you to be negative that's yeah. not your gut right that is the voice that you need to first not even ignore you need to evaluate no, you need that to, voice you need not acknowledge it you yeah. need to acknowledge it and evaluate it yes because first Why of all I what people do this? is they say oh go cheat on my wife yes yeah yes absolutely temptation yes Why not? drugs yes sure whatever it is yes no they're <laughs> they're addicted do not listen to that guy mm -hmm. that guy is not looking out for your best interest now, when something is telling you, like, I want to do these drugs, but I don't think it'll be have a good outcome. Yeah, that's the voice you should listen to. Sure. That is your gut. But I either think that people don't differentiate it or they just say, OK, gut, cool. But I'm going to follow this guy because I don't even want to acknowledge what you want. Well, what's easier? Giving into the people with no common sense look so happy. Mm -hmm. People with walking around messing up other people's lives and just pretending like what they're doing is great yeah the self-awareness is not there
the self-awareness nowadays is abysmal. I feel like it's a little both because you do, you know, you have those like inflammatory like posts and people are like on the same side as you now more. I feel like we're more of like pro people, pro inclusion, pro all that. And so I feel like there are people like that, but it's like this really loud other group of folks who are really just ruining it for the rest of us. We call those guys deflectors. Deflectors. And um, what else do they do? Uh, Projectors. They project all of their bullshit on people like us who are open and willing to look at ourselves. Like, you know the Dementors on Harry Potter, how they, like, suck from you? That is them. They do the opposite. They push that shit on you. It's like, whatever. um, That's what we were just dealing with for the last few years. On the friend side, both of us. Both of us. So don't For the you, first time in our lives. Here's a way to determine if somebody was really your friend or not. Hmm. If they can't wait for something bad to happen in your life so they have a reason to not like you or a reason for to say, oh, finally. Hmm. Oh, finally something bad Oh, she's bad so perfect. I'm glad. Oh. Oh, yeah. Like, um, what are we calling Krusty, her over there? Krusty Krab? Krusty Krab? Krusty Krab over there saying that how, you know, oh, gosh, I thought y'all were so perfect and blah, blah, blah. And then... Turns around and starts a war. A girl on on TikTok. Are you it's okay? <laughs> Krusty, yes, no. Krusty Krab, are you all right? Are you okay, Krusty um, Krab? You need to get some help. What did um? What were you Krusty just Krusty Krab saying? with a K? Just so you know. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it all starts with a K. She didn't even spell her name right, but that's not even. That's not her fault. She didn't have to be going. there. But but yeah, it's it's, it's that. That's the thing. Being genuinely can't... happy for your friends is a real friend. So, but here's, I always tell you this, right? Like, I don't know. It took this situation for you to see yourself as who you really are. Yeah. Because I think for you being a people pleaser, and then it's like, mm-hmm. you, your name's Ashley, okay? You got like the most common name in the world. So you probably already put yourself in the Ashley category. Like, I'm just Ashley. It's just, just me. Ashley, yeah. And then a situation happens, you're like, what is it about me that people are afraid of? They're, oh, they're afraid of me. Okay, let me get down to that. Let's Why break are that they down. Afraid of me? And it's only Why certain people. Why are they people. intimidated by me? It's only certain people. I have such Why great... are they projecting right. things onto me? Yeah. Why? What? Yeah. Oh, so it's them. It's them. But fortunately for me, I was able to see it at a very young age because I have looked like this my whole life, right? Yeah. So there's one thing you can't call me. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. I'm not ugly. So if anybody ever called me ugly, I'd be like, oh, yeah, you're ugly on the inside. Because that's not me. Yeah, because like, that's sorry. not who I am. And for the most part, like, of course I'm not perfect. But if I died and y'all had to go back and find a list of people that I've screwed over or done anything intentionally to, y'all going to be searching for a long time. I was like, we wouldn't have one. Because anything's, <laughs> anybody's issues with me, if they are right now, are caused by them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have not done anything intentionally, deliberately, blatantly. I have not manipulated. For no reason. Yeah, you're not doing that stuff. So it's like once you come to the other side of, especially when you go through hard stuff. There was this thing this the other day. It said, like, why didn't you ask me for help when uh, you were going through a hard time? And my response was, because you made my hard time harder. Yeah. A girl on TikTok like asks, like, what would you ever have to be upset about? And then is it because of how I look? Like, I don't I don't understand. But people have said this to me my whole life. Even when I was overweight, I'd be like, Yeah, I can't 
I literally say, I can't bend over, I can't breathe. And people are like, oh, but you're so beautiful. I know I'm pretty. I said I was That's fat. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. But I don't know. It's it's really strange. Um, it's basically, I feel like life is just an experiment on how to navigate yourself and like be aware of the energy that you bring into your existence. Like everything has a ripple effect. Mm-hmm. Somebody, like your negativity doesn't just stop with you. That's why, like, I try my hardest. It's hard to have a service dog to train him to sense my panic attacks when I have made myself internalize so much that when I have a panic attack, I try to minimize it to where I'm affecting no one. Mm-hmm. But that's just because, like, I live a life to where I'm always being affected by everybody's moves. Mm-hmm. You know my life. I go out when we went on my freaking birthday. Mm-hmm. I have a video. Um, we were, it's, we had what a 13 hour day at work. It is my 35th birthday. I'm with my best friend. We go to a freaking bar to take a sake shot and there's a lady mad cause I'm loud and happy, but that's what I'm talking about. For a like moment. your energy just affecting people. Cause what am I doing now? I'm talking about that still because of her negativity. Mm-hmm. Like people need to stop being so naive to think that your outburst or your sentence or your text or your phone call or your comment i'm talking about this phone call from 2015 my guy mm-hmm. you don't just put shit out there and it goes away that's not how it works so i try to keep myself aware of that i definitely try to keep my kids aware of that because when i had brayden it was the most incredible moment of my life but also when the nurse put him on that table and started pricking his foot I said, holy shit, I will kill everybody. Yeah. Like, this is a bad idea because all I want to do now is keep my kids safe. Yeah. And outside of keeping them physically safe now, we know that it's the mental. Mm-hmm. It's not even them we have to worry about. It's everybody else. Because mm-hmm. we put in the work day after day, hour after hour, year after year. Making On ourselves, sure. even. You know, our, so they can see this. Our children. So they can see this. We talked to Tyler. She's four. Mm-hmm. We we talked. I talked to my daughter when Tyler and, and Joella are having uh, disagreements. I say, hey, you see me and your mom fight. You ever see me and Ashley talk to each other like that? Mm-hmm. Like that is not how friends operate. Yeah. Because I want my kids to learn from me and yeah. to not be 35 and to have to be figuring out these lessons that I wasn't able to learn. Yeah. I don't want life to have to teach them a lot of these things like they taught me. No. Self-awareness needs to be taught in elementary school. Yeah, because that's we need to take out world history. (laughs) Because why do we even have it? I'm saying algebra, but okay. (laughs) I've never used algebra. Algebra can be replaced with emotional regulation. Yeah, they need to learn empathy. I think history does teach that. So I'm like empathy from other people's stories teach that if it's taught the right way though the right way and that there's no empathy if christopher columbus was the savior of the of of the the savages of the savages who had no god yeah and that's another thing you know having to unlearn all these things that we were taught growing up because that was our our system like public education is great if they can fund it and make it properly work but don't get me started on policy is America up. okay? That's the episode. Everything is just going to be a somebody okay. Is somebody okay? Because they're not. Because everyone's, like you've said, walking around just hurting people's feelings. 
everyone is out here struggling pretending like nobody's out here struggling i know that's the thing like how are you every single person being in a tiny tiny trailer house to a huge huge mansion you talk to them and everyone has the same thing we're all struggling we are all mentally struggling kind of way yes my biggest like i just talked to you about this i told you i don't know what i know life has dealt me a lot of cards but for some reason it didn't deal me the card where I developed the emotion of jealousy. Yeah. I am not a jealous person, except for when it comes Feel to my, my guy. Sure. But that's a different. Like, I don't look at you and say, Ashley's got a purple cheetah onesie. I hate her because I want the purple cheetah yeah. onesie. I say, hey, girl, where'd you get that from? Yes. If I see, I don't know, Jackie Aina, she's a, as an influencer I follow. She's in Bali right now. I don't say F her. She's in Bali. I say, dang, Jackie, I need to put in some work because I want to get to Bali. I want to do She that. didn't just wake up and, and, and go, and go to Bali. That's the thing. That's the thing right there. And I feel like that's a whole society issue for women, especially. Men have their own societal issues when it comes to stuff. Not sharing emotions, not having that group setting where they can talk about that stuff. They don't talk about that stuff. It's just not been the way. For women, we are always competing for everything and especially for attention of men. So if someone's got something else, then of course it's always like they want it because they're more desirable to men. I mean, even uh, and it's like, where can we just be happy for our friends? At what point is it just like, oh my gosh, you're getting to do this? This is awesome. There is like that's so literally many it. That's in our lives. So many. You are literally like, um, you know, you kind of have an example of like, I know it's possible because of this. Like, you're that person where I'm like, I know it's possible to have a friend you don't compete with because I have Ashley, I have Tegan, I have Melissa, I have, I have all so of many. my, remember yeah, the other day when list. I was like, what would my, what did my friends say if I said this? And I said, none of them would say anything. And you're like, isn't that cool that you have such a solid group of friends that you know that, are that you're safe to say anything to, yes. to whatever, but that's where I am now. But like, you were kind of that friend where because we've been on such different wavelengths always like and i think that's something that may have confused people over the years too because it's like y'all don't even like you're this you're that she does this she does that mm-hmm. and now our worlds finally came together where it merged and like really collided stuff. yeah but before that it was like she's a model she does this like it's mm-hmm. like we we're so opposite but like i have friends who couldn't stand that i was a model it's so crazy like could not stand it but girl did you even want to be a model before you met me? So why is it making you mad? <laughs> like, At all. That wasn't even in your mind. So you have to be very, very, very secure with yourself. And if you're not, you have to watch how you project that on other people. Yeah. And people don't because everybody thinks it's just, they they give a, they make a justification for their jealousy and there is no justification. Well, because then they want to start picking you apart so that they can rationalize how you have that oh, well, she doesn't do this, or this is, she's missing this in her life, or they're missing that. And it's like, okay, so the person's gone now. You've dehumanized them, so it's easy to hate at that point. You're putting them in a box from the start. Your own box, for mm-hmm. one. And why are you even thinking about me that much, first of all? Mm-hmm. I don't think about people Who has time? I don't like, because, first of all, it disgusts me. Like, if I don't like you you have literally disgusted me it has to be bad i mean yeah and it's crazy because the people that uh, meet me before they get to know me Mm -hmm. they always you've seen them before oh Oh, when i first met you i thought you were this when i first met you i Uh thought you were this because i didn't speak because i was observing (laughs) who i needed to speak a quiet friend but um 
What was I saying before that? Um, oh, well, we were putting people in a box and they were jealous. And then we were talking about how they're projecting their shit on you. And it is totally gone. It's all right. It happens. <laughs> I it love is that we get to record. Like remember, we we always talk about our conferences. We should be recording. We this. always I like should. The parts where we forget and come back to it, too, because no, inevitably it'll come back. We're yes. like, I know what I was trying to say. Yes. But the call is coming from inside the house. When something, yeah. when you feel an emotion, and we're driving ourselves crazy right now because we are breaking down every emotion mm -hmm. because we don't want to get ourselves back into the position where we're like what happened what's going on what i don't yeah we don't like that swirling no, no, no. we like to stop it evaluate it figure it the out control. so in a way move forward that's the so, only way we can feel control in this world where there literally is none especially in america <laughs> where you have to pay your taxes america, okay. unless you're really rich and then uh I know what I was going to say with yes. jealousy. There you go. I knew it one of the that. number one <laughs> things that I'm grateful for right now, call me crazy, I'm grateful to not be rich. You know why? When I'm thinking about paying my bills, I'm not thinking about thousands and thousands and millions of dollars. Like my dedication to my, let me, how do I word that? my commitment to my life right now is very low because i have very low like i don't have a lot of bills living expenses are low for you yes we I, don't have a ton of material things because i learned what mattered and what didn't matter exactly at a great point in my life because this time maybe three years ago i wanted a million dollar house yeah and legit was like making plans to get there if i would have gotten that million dollar house do you think i would have left yeah, maybe I would have left. But, but but not without a lot more emotional scarring. But then, and like, then more trouble, more money, more problems is so real. It literally it is. is. I real. live by If that. I had a four thousand dollar mortgage, I can't be a single mom with that. No, and I'm not gonna want to be in that huge house by myself. No. You know, it's just like there's so many things I'm grateful for that other people like will look at and and skew in a certain way. Oh I want God, that house. I want that. that. I don't want to clean that house. And I don't want to mop those floors. Oh I don't God. want to dust those fans. And, and then I don't want to pay somebody to do it. No. I am so and have happy. to worry about it and work for it and be away from it to pay for it. This house. Humans has, are not okay. Not. It's been <laughs> so good okay. because at the end of the day, like, I know I don't have that much to clean. My last house was huge and it overwhelms me. My whole downstairs was another world. Like, I can't. It wasn't like I'm going to go downstairs and pick up the office no there's the office there's the laundry room there's this the room there's the bathroom room. there's this room there's the, the playroom there's the the litter boxes all the turtle tank the turtle tank the goddamn turtle tank <laughs> like there was so much house and it wasn't even that big yeah i am so glad that mm -hmm. life gave me the right tools to be able to see everything for mm -hmm. what it was to take what I needed and to make my life conducive to my situation. Yeah. Right now, my situation is transitioning. Mm -hmm. It's rebuilding. I'm not trying to stretch myself in, trying to maintain a life that I don't even want. Right. What do I want to be doing right now? 
chilling with my kids. Somebody I met from an event last weekend, he's a chef. He said, what's your, week, your, what's your summer plans? I said, to work as little as possible, to make as much money as possible, so I can hang out with my kids as much as possible. Yeah. I'm not worrying about what they got going on, what they got going on, what they got going on. I don't care because at the end of the day, all that matters is that these people did not ask to be here. No. And they're taken care of at the end of the day, fully and wholly. All I have to worry about is like five bills mm -hmm. and making sure they eat. Yeah. This could be a whole, I plan out everything mm -hmm. in advance now because I have to. Yeah. Everything is so minimal. Mm -hmm. And in a world where everything seems like it needs to be maximized and quantified and capitalism. <sighs> there, that's what's wrong with us. That's what's wrong with us, guys. We're not okay because we're told that we need to have all these things to be successful. Um, and then we also have to be in certain kinds of marriages to be successful. We also have to raise our kids a certain way with a certain religion and a certain idea. And it's like, no, at the I'm end gonna, of the day. So do you see our mics? I'm going to use this mic to say this. Hi, it's me. Um, marriage don't mean shit. <laughs> Let me repeat. Testing, testing, one, two. Testing. Marriage does not mean shit. Stop telling people they need to wait until they're married to have babies because does a wedding ring save you from your husband cheating on you? Does a wedding ring hmm? change anything? No. No, it doesn't. Repeat testing, one, two, one, two, testing. Because okay. these men out here are emotionally oppressed and they are going to give in to any type of coping mechanism, be it drugs, alcohol, or sex. The three big things that get addi your addiction. Well, you know, with sex, you can just blame it on being a man, though. You don't even have to have a downfall. You can just say, I only get a, a little point. You know, what life if it's is hard. Your... I'm a man. I sacrifice. I work so hard. I have a job. You know, having I'm a job so is so inadequate. Hard. That's yeah. always, they're inadequate. That's what drives them to do it. What drives, the, the, <laughs> what drives the best friend to do that to you? That's what I want to know. A what? A what now? Yeah. Not anymore. <laughs> I think that... What drives um, that? I want to know why women are so fucked up that they were doing that to each other. I thought everybody. we had already talked about this. Everybody. Lots of girl and girl crime here. I thought we were supposed to be the ones starting this whole community revolution. And nope, a bunch of little girls out here. Honestly, if taking I can advantage. at the theme of my life, you know who stops me from achieving? Who's shut me down? Who's made jokes about me? who's demoralized me, who's dehumanized me. The fucking husband. Mm -mm. No? Women. Oh, it is always the women, yeah. There have been virtually zero men who have had anything, anything to, say. to say. No, it's always, the men don't. They don't. It's the women. It is. I finally got an assistant. And when she asked me about her goals and her dreams and her vision, like what I had to help her with like what I expected from her from mm -hmm. me. I said, if you're gonna be a part of my team, there is one thing, and this is what I'm gonna tell anybody trying to be anything. One, even if you had a vision, say you were gonna make a charcuterie, could you tell me exactly how the charcuterie looked until you made it? Because mm -mm. you could tell me, you could say, I'm gonna put white pretzels on the right side, I'm gonna put cubes of cheese on the left top corner. Mm -hmm. I can't see that. That is in your head. Mm -hmm. When you have a vision, 
that is any vision, any vision, a charcuterie, a business plan, a vacation, a dress you're designing. Nobody is supposed to see that vision, but you. Mm-hmm. It's in your head. So it is not your job to convince anybody else to see that vision. Mm-hmm. They're not supposed to. And we get frustrated because it's like, you're not seeing it. You don't get it. You don't get it. They're not supposed to. Mm-hmm. Your job is to execute that vision by any means possible. Mm-hmm. So why was I saying that? I don't freaking remember. <laughs> I was telling her if I would have had yeah. that mindset, and I would have started blogging in 2010. Do you know how much shit has been taught since 2010 until 20, probably 2020 when I started modeling for real and like getting paid for influencing? If I wouldn't have listened to anybody since 2010 till now, I would have a million dollar house and it'd be paid for. <laughs> right. Because content yeah. creation yeah. and being an influencer is an actual career now mm-hmm. it's not a joke it's not a, i want to blog and maybe this will happen one day yeah it is an actual career yeah. and i'm not saying that i'm saying that to say that was just a very small vision that i had for myself i said i want to pay my bills with the internet mm-hmm. it wasn't a thing then it was a thing that was happening so family couldn't get back behind behind you because our generational family ahead of us they don't see it. So many They jokes. invalidate if I anything that's not a nine to five a with benefits. For every joke that I got about uh, the amount of pictures that I posted about the uh, one of my one of my cousins, her joke was to write on my on my captions, I'm not reading all that. Cool, thanks. Just spent two hours writing that, but I didn't need that. You know what I mean? Yes. So it's like when you have a vision and you want to get somewhere, I think that's where I'm gonna stop. Humans are not okay. Mm-mm. Because we are not focused on our own vision. It's yeah. like we see somebody else doing something, we're like, eh, I don't want her to do that. Yes. But it's not even what we want to do. Yeah. Like, look inside yourself. This is your job. Yeah. That's it. God didn't say whatever Bible, holy book you want to believe in, don't none of them say you were born two people. Right. <laughs> it says you're born one person. Like, mm-hmm. you Unless take you're care of yourself. <laughs> it follows from inside the house. It is. Humans are not okay because somewhere along the lines we've gotten distracted about what our purpose is. Our purpose is, I don't care if you're a mom. I don't care if you're a nurse. I don't care if you're a pastor. I don't care what your job title is. You're a human first. Mm -hmm. If you aren't okay, your job's not okay. Your kids aren't okay. Your relationship's not okay.